you're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. I've been talking about QAnon for months. They've gained a lot of media attention lately. I'm sure most of you are perfectly aware of who they are, but in case you're not, let me give you a basic rundown on the belief system. It started on 8chan, an online forum, kind of like Reddit, except more debased and disgusting. A poster by the name of Q Clearance Patriot started spreading conspiracy theories about Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump. From there, it spread and grew, and they added to their list of insane beliefs. Q is an actual person that people follow. They're anonymous, but they keep feeding into conspiracies. Here are a few things that QAnon members believe. They think the world is controlled by a cabal responsible for all kinds of evil. Some believe the pandemic was created by this cabal to hurt Donald Trump's re-election chances. Some don't believe in it at all. They think the cabal is controlled by the Democratic Party, Hollywood, banking, and the deep state. They think Donald Trump is the leader that's going to bring the cabal to its knees. They've been waiting for this signal from him to start the rebellion for years. The rebellion is called the storm. It's where Trump is supposedly going to order mass arrests of his political opponents. It gets very detailed and in-depth. Well, guess who just got elected to Congress? QAnon supporters. That's right, there's a QAnon supporter in Congress now. Marjorie Taylor Greene was declared the winner in Georgia's 14th Congressional District. In a 2017 video, she said, quote, Q is a patriot, we know that for sure. There's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to take this global cabal of Satan worshippers out, and I think we have the president to do it. She had financial support from influential Republican donors and groups linked to Mark Meadows, White House Chief of Staff. She's not the only one. There were others. Where the hell is this country going? I know how to work with people on an individual level to try to break brainwashing. But how do you deprogram 70 million people? Honestly, I'm not sure, but I'm looking to Germany circa 1945 to 1950 to see how they did it. They seem to have been pretty successful. Speaking of QAnon, how are they reacting to Trump's loss? everything they believe hinges on him. They've been waiting for his signal this whole time. It's actually shaken their faith a little bit. Q hasn't dropped any new posts since November 3rd at 1 a.m. Here are the last few posts they made. October 31st, 6.44 p.m. Are you ready to finish what we started? Nothing can stop what is coming is not just a catchphrase. Q. October 31st, 6.46 p.m. Two minutes later. Are you ready to hold the political elite protected accountable? Q. Three minutes later, October 31st, 6.49 p.m. Are you ready to take back control of this country? Q. Then basically radio silence until November 3rd, 1.30 in the morning. They posted a YouTube video to the last Mohicans soundtrack, and they said that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, for the people, shall not perish from the earth. Abraham Lincoln, November 1863. Together we win. Q. That was the morning of the election. People were going out to vote, with that quote on their minds. And then, nothing. Just complete silence. This isn't the first time Q predicted spectacular wins and was wrong. Pretty much any time Q predicts a spectacular win, they're wrong. They claimed Hillary would be locked up, and it never happened. They claimed the 2018 election would go really well for Republicans, and it didn't. There was a massive blue wave. So what happens to the QAnon conspiracy theory now? These people are true believers. Some might break off and go their own way. But by and large, the conspiracy theory will remain intact. Even if Q went away and never posted again, it doesn't really matter. These people have a religious belief and they'll never let it go. In Q's absence, some of the more prominent supporters, aka the generals, stepped in and started making claims about watermarks on ballots, but that'll be disproved too. I'll be watching the QAnon post closely to see what happens next. 
I'm sure most of you have seen the Paula White video I released recently. She said she was bringing angels in from Africa and South America to help Donald Trump win the election. Well, all that took place before the election concluded. She released more stuff after the race was called. She was at a service with her son, Brad Knight, and he issued a prayer to God. Here's what he said. Right now, everything in opposition to that must fall. Everything in opposition to Paula White Kane must fall. Everything in opposition to Bradley Knight, which is the guy doing the praying, Paula White's son, must fall. Everything in opposition to this house and this people and the people in it must fall. And God, we standing here knowing that it will, also speak against that which has risen up against America. And that everything that has come in opposition to the man that you've chosen, the man that you've elected, the man that your hand is behind, the man that you're pleased with, the man that you pulled out of the midst of darkness and elevated, the man who made a mockery of the things of this world, and will do it again. God, we call on you now, and nothing against him shall prosper. Nothing that rises against him shall succeed. The prayer was long, and it was more of a sermon than a prayer, but during the sermon slash prayer, he said, quote, God, I don't even care about democracy. I care about you, God. End quote. He went on to pray, and God, in this moment of crisis, in this moment of attack, in this moment of demonic false victories, God, in these three days, God, I thank you that at the end of it shall be the victory of your son, Jesus Christ. I thank you that at the end of it shall be the victory of your people. I thank you that at the end of it shall be the victory of your will. I thank you that as we begin to walk through 2021, God, they will not be able to say, what happened to your God? But they will be forced to listen to the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ. They will be forced to reckon with the force of prophecy. They will be forced to open up their ears, open up their hearts, and reckon with your word, reckon with your truth, reckon even with your love that they run from. End quote. There is something broken in these people. Seriously. They don't want a democracy. They want a theocracy. If the line, I don't care about democracy, I care about you, God, doesn't seal that for you, then I don't know what will. That's not the only bizarre shit going on with Paula White right now. She had some things of her own she wanted to communicate. She said, quote, The Lord has already made his decision, but that there's a spiritual battle going on. She said she was going to lead people into spiritual warfare to overturn every evil wickedness that was coming against this nation and beyond this nation, what this nation is assigned to, what this nation has to carry forth with the gospel of Jesus Christ, with the prosperity of other nations, with the alignment of the church. Then she started praying again. She said, quote, Quote, you said you will mow down the wickedness, so right now every agenda that's being pushed that can affect the release of a premature satanic alignment that you do not desire, we break it right now. We override it right now. We override it. We overturn it. We overturn it right now. And it will be no more. It will be no more because it is our right by the blood of Jesus and you will give it to us. So we call right now upon the heavens. We call upon angelic reinforcements. We command angels to be released at the command of your word right now. And we push back at every agenda that would release a premature satanic agenda in the name of Jesus. Anything that would be of the Antichrist spirit, we break it right now in the name of Jesus. Every Antichrist spirit, we break it right now. Every Antichrist agenda that's being pushed, we break it. We override it. We overturn it. We overturn it. We overturn it in the name of Jesus right now. God, we just declare that you keep the feet of POTUS in his purpose, in his position right now. We stop and we override the will of man for the will of God. We override the the will of man for the will of God. We override the will of man for the will of God. She is completely disintegrating right now. A lot of people are. A lot of these ultra-religious televangelist types are going completely nuts. And sadly, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. Our old buddy Kat Kerr, self-defined Christian prophetess, said that she knew for a fact that Trump would win the election by a landslide. Well, guess what? 
He didn't. So how did she walk that back? She redefines the word landslide. Out of all the insane pastors, her response to Trump's loss is the most comical and the least disturbing. She said, quote, If you will remember, one of the things God made me say is that Trump would win by a landslide. In their human mind, they already put together what they think that means. But many times, as we know in the word or even just from experience ourselves, especially as a prophet, that doesn't ever mean what we think it means. Yeah, you fucked up and you made a solid prediction and claimed God told you, and now you have to walk it back. I love it. In no sense of the term did Trump win by a landslide. Joe Biden got at least 4 million more votes than Trump, and counting. As far as the Electoral College goes, we don't have any solid numbers yet because the states are still counting, but it looks like Biden is going to have well over 300 electoral votes. That's a Biden landslide as far as I'm concerned. Interestingly enough, Biden is on track to have the same number of electoral votes that Trump had in 2016 against Hillary. If his victory against Hillary was a landslide, then Biden's victory against him is a landslide too. Before we get into all that, if you want to leave a voicemail, the number is 1-800-701-8573. Hey, this is Owen. If you're comfortable, leave your first name and state at the sound of the tiny truck backing up. Hi, Owen. It's Navadia from Australia. I was just wondering, if Donald Trump ends up going to jail, how will that influence his cult and all of his followers? Because he won't be able to do his propaganda. He won't be able to tweet. Um, A lot of his supporters will either denounce him or end up in jail or just won't talk about him. So a lot of that oxygen will be removed from him. So would that be able to do anything? Will that do anything... um, in regards to his cult following. I thank you for taking my question, and I hope you have a lovely day, evening, night, whatever, especially on this wonderful Monday. I appreciate that. I'm going to let that last one slide. As far as Trump goes, um, there are a number of examples of cult leaders who are currently in jail and leading the cult from jail. Um, uh, probably the prime example would be Warren Jeffs of the FLDS church. The, I believe it's fundamentalist Latter-day Saints church. It's like a Mormon offshoot. More than likely, what would happen is Trump would go to a rich person jail, more like a dormitory than a jail. Um, sadly, we have a two-tier justice system in this country, and... Basically, everybody knows that. So he wouldn't be cut off from his followers completely, first of all. The second point that I would want to make is the Republican Party in the U.S., largely made up of the evangelical voting bloc, has been being primed to be a cult for a long time now. It's, it has been forming into a cult for a long, long time. And all it needed was this figurehead to come along and seize the reins of control. So there is an underlying ideology. Trump didn't make that ideology up. Fox News did. But it exists in a lot of these people's heads. And in some cases, Trump's generals made the ideology up, like in the case of QAnon. The poster, Q, doesn't know Trump 
supposedly. I mean, no, nobody has claimed that he does or anything. They don't know each other. They haven't coordinated efforts or any of that stuff. But he's still a Trump general because he is one of his largest supporters. He's one of his most ardent followers, and he gathers the most support for him, right? He has formed an ideology under Trump. Trump is the, the head of that ideology. So it's, it's a really interesting case study in how cults operate. Trump, as a leader, would be the leader of a level two cult, or decentralized but focused. It's focused on a single leader, but there isn't a strict structural hierarchy like you would find with Jehovah's Witnesses or Mormons or anybody else, any standard traditional cult. QAnon would also be a level two cult, with Q, the poster, Q, at the top, but Donald Trump even above that. And then there's the decentralized, non-focused cult of republicanism. Not conservatism, but republicanism very specifically. And these three groups have kind of melded together in, in some kind of a weird mishmash. So if Trump did end up going to jail, which, you know, we're waiting to see what happens, I, I'm not convinced that he will, but even if he did, the cult that formed under him would continue to exist and grow and flourish. The reason is because, partially, there's money in it. There are views. There are people listening. There's a massive machine behind republicanism, behind Donald Trump's cult. People want to be a part of it, and as long as that's the case, they can monetize that. They can talk about it. They can merge Donald Trump's ideology into whatever they're talking about and bring in views and clicks and things like that. The challenge is, how do we get rid of this? How do we stop this? How do we root this out of society, this disgusting, fucked-up situation we find ourselves in. How do we deal with it? I know how to work with individual cult members to try to deprogram them. Deprogramming is pretty straightforward and easy if you, dis if you don't care about human rights. Back in the 80s and the 90s, deprogrammers used to come along and kidnap somebody and take them to a cabin in the woods and tie them to a chair and force the belief out of them by forcing them to face the harsh facts and reality, the end result of what their cult is doing or has done to people, forcefully talking them through this stuff against their will. And by doing that for a period of a week, two weeks, three weeks, a month sometimes, working through this information with them, they would work the belief, the cult mentality out of their minds. And it worked. But you can't do that. You have to respect human rights. So we've come up with, we as in 
you know, people involved in any capacity in the psychology community, anybody interested in psychology has come up with methods of deprogramming people while also respecting their human rights. That works on an individual level. But how do you do it on a mass scale? 70 million or 71 million people voted for Donald Trump in the U.S. election in 2020. How do we deprogram those people? When asking that question of myself, I looked to past examples of mass deprogramming. The best one that I could come up with, and the most recent, would be Nazi Germany. They did it in Germany after Hitler died. In like 1945 to 1950, they spent a long time working on this problem. How do you do this? So I decided to look into it and figure out exactly what they did, how they deprogrammed these people in 1945 to 1950. This is on bbc.co.uk. It's basically a history lesson on how they deprogrammed people from Nazism after 1945. It says... Germany was now occupied and divided into four military zones, each controlled by one of the four Allied powers, USSR, USA, Britain, and France. Its capital, Berlin, was similarly divided amongst the occupiers. So this subheading is Allied Policy of Denazification. Denazification was the process of removing Nazi ideology and influence from all forms of public life in defeated Germany. The occupying allies carried this process out in a number of ways. The Nazi party was banned and advocating national socialist ideas was made punishable by death. The swastika symbol and other Nazi emblems were banned in public. Germans were made to complete questionnaires about the extent of their involvement in Nazism. Ex-Nazis were taken on tours of concentration camps or made to watch video clips of Jewish prisoners. The policy aimed to force Germans to confront the crimes of the Nazi regime, but also to re-educate them in order to leave Nazism behind. In 1946, five categories of involvement were established. Major offenders, offenders, lesser offenders, followers, and persons exonerated. So, what happened in the 30s and 40s in Germany was an absolutely grotesque, horrific disregard for humanity and human life that that's what happened the only way to root that out of the society at the time was to toss aside human rights to capture these people and forcefully sit them in a chair and make them watch video clips of what their colleagues had done to humanize the people that they hated, to force them to realize and recognize what was really happening and what what they were doing, to force this extremism gradient to come to the forefront of their mind. They spent the past 10 years, maybe, moving from a perfectly normal and neutral position in life, not having any opinions about Jews or or anybody. They're just living life, going to work every day, having a family, whatever. And gradually, over the course of 10 years, slowly more and more getting more radicalized by the speeches 
of populist extremists who had agendas to hurt people. They didn't realize what was happening. That's how the extremism gradient works. You don't know what's happening until you're there. You don't know you're an extremist until you're an extremist. And by that point, you feel like your extremism is justified. So after everything was all said and done, and they held the Nuremberg trials and got rid of all the leadership and everything, they had to sit these people down who were followers or lesser offenders, for example, or even offenders, and force them to break out of that gradient and see what was going on. Let's keep reading. Those who'd been involved in suspected war crimes were tried in the Nuremberg trials starting in November 1945. The first hearings concerned the 23 most important political, military, and economic leaders of Nazi Germany. Only three were acquitted, found not guilty, while 12 were sentenced to death. As the Cold War began and Britain and the U.S. came to see the newly created West Germany as a key ally, denazification was scaled back so as not to offend the population. This allowed a number of ex-Nazis to regain prominence, though Nazi ideology remained firmly crushed as democracy developed. So ultimately the question is, how do we deal with the detrumpification of the United States? This is a cult that exists in the U.S. that 71 million people are either complicit or a member, a full-blown member of. How do we do this? I don't know if there's another way to do it other than the way Germany did it in 1945. I don't know. Hi, Owen. I live in a small town in uh, New York State, and every weekend the JWs are in one of our pocket parks. I don't want to take action to make them leave, but I belong to a joke church that follows, quote, Bob, unquote. So I wish to set up near them with all of the anti-cult information I can find. Do you think this has the potential to educate others, or will it only strengthen the JW's resolve as victims? I just kind of think it's weird that they can just hang around like that without other representation. Thank you. Thank you for the call. I appreciate that. And you bring up an interesting question. Um, the answer to that question is, yes, you most definitely will give them this persecution complex for sure. But is it worth it anyways? Because what they're doing out there is trying to proselytize and spread the word and bring more people into the church. I saw some numbers forever ago. These may be outdated. They may be completely incorrect, but... The numbers that I saw said a Jehovah's Witness has to sit outside at their little bench with like their books and everything for about 10,000 hours for every single person that they bring into the religion. Doing some quick math, assuming they do it, say, four hours on a Saturday, four hours on a Sunday, every single week. That means every 24 years that somebody just goes sitting on a park bench handing out literature, they bring in one single person. Those numbers don't necessarily scale because Jehovah's Witnesses have this pioneering program where you're supposed to get like 70 hours per month. That's very different from just going on a Saturday and a Sunday. They go throughout the week. 
they talk to other people, they talk to their friends, try to bring them in and things like that. So that number could go up or down. I knew some Jehovah's Witnesses who had brought in like five or six people in their lives. And I personally never brought anybody from the door to baptism. And I was in it for 18 years. So, you know, my whole life until I was 18. So the question is, would it be productive for you to sit outside and counter the propaganda that they're spreading to other people. And in my opinion, I would say yes. I think so. I think it could be productive for you to set up shop near them. Now, they're going to continue to move to different places around the city once they see they have an opponent to their religion sitting right next to them. They're going to feel unsafe because you're mentally diseased. But it could be worth it. It could be worth your time to sit out there and counter their propaganda. Um, like I said, you probably will further their persecution complex, but in some situations it may be worth it to prevent other people from joining. Hi, Owen. This is Christina from uh, Michigan. I have a question. My boyfriend is a Christian, and if he ever found out I was an atheist or agnostic, he would likely break up with me because he thinks that people who aren't Christian don't have morals like Christians do. He's also pretty transphobic. What kind of advice would you give me? Thanks, bye. Let me give you the advice that any good therapist would probably endorse. In CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, we have these things called cognitive distortions. And there are any number of things. There's generalizations, there's catastrophizing, and the fallacy of change, um, a whole bunch of them. They're errors in the way you're thinking about things, basically. Something that I had to deal with was something called the fallacy of change. I can't expect the outside world to change to make me happy. I have to find my happiness from within myself. I have to find happiness for my own reasons, not based on somebody else. So. I'm not a licensed psychologist. I can't give you relationship advice. So this is just me telling you what I think. If your boyfriend's views are incompatible with yours, it could very likely cause strain on the relationship down the road. And you can't expect him to change to make you happy your only recourse may be to find somebody who is more compatible with you. Uh, I'm hesitant to even mention it because I don't know your situation. I don't know you or your boyfriend. I'm, and I'm certainly not qualified to, you know, give relationship advice from a psychology perspective. That's just me giving my opinion. So take that for what you will. If you could go back in time and talk to your past self, what would you tell him? Thank you. If I could go back in time and talk to my past self, what would I tell him? I guess that would depend on how far back. Uh, are we talking like 10 years old? Um, I would probably try planting seeds of doubt about the Jehovah's Witness religion. I would start there. But ultimately, you know, I made my way out of the religion anyways. Maybe I would warn myself against doing any kind of drug of any sort. Maybe I would 
tell myself what was going to happen as far as being disfellowshipped goes and spend the, the next 10 years trying to make my mom more willing to talk to disfellowshipped people so that she would eventually have a relationship with me. Maybe I would... Um, hmm. That's a tough question, and it's heavily dependent on when, on how old I was when I went back. Maybe I'd tell myself to start a YouTube channel, because, you know, obviously people seem interested in this subject, in Jehovah's Witnesses and cults and stuff. Maybe that would really drive me forward. I mean, I didn't start my YouTube channel until, like, 2016. I think it was March 11th, 2016, and YouTube... I think started up as a website in like 2006. I could have started one in high school, I believe. That would have been the shit. The biggest of Chungai. Do you think a large portion of Trump supporters will become aggressive after he's dragged out of the White House? I don't think it's going to take that long. I don't think it's going to be a dragged out of the White House type of situation. I think what's going to happen between... Okay, let me let me give you a for instance. You guys remember when the whole George Floyd situation happened. For three days straight, you only ever heard support of George Floyd. You only heard positive stuff about him, right? And then three days later, five days later, seven days, 14 days later, you start hearing people talking about how bad he was and how wrong he was and he was an addict and he would have died anyways and all this other shit. Trump supporters slowly injecting propaganda into the conversation all the while. They slowly took the narrative back over the course of a couple of weeks. There's almost radio silence from Trump supporters. Or there, there has been. Like after the election was called, there was some level of radio silence for six hours, 12 hours, a day. I mean, there were always these background people talking about how they support Trump. You know, Jim Jordan, Representative Jim Jordan was coming out there and saying it. A couple of little house members coming out and saying this thing or that thing in support of Trump. But largely, it was all political leaders like Mitt Romney, George W. Bush, all coming out congratulating Biden, all of the foreign leaders coming out and congratulating him. Just today, we saw Ted Cruz and Lindsey Graham and some others come out in support of Trump. They waited for everybody to declare victory, just like with the George Floyd situation. They waited for everybody to show their support for George Floyd and, and get all of that out of their system. And now they're coming in with propaganda to flip the narrative against Biden, against George Floyd. That's how this cult works. Information control. They're waiting for it to die down. Then they're going to flip it using propaganda. So the next two months before Trump leaves office are going to determine if we keep our democracy or not. The next two months are going to determine the level of violence that we have to endure in this country. Democracy seems to have won currently, right? Because Biden was voted in. Just wait. 
the test has not happened yet. We will see if our democracy survives the next two months. Let's take a quick look at Super Chats. I think it's Fran Wilson, 499, for coffee and cat treats. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. And the cats appreciate it too. Kane Cruz, give your kitties lots of kisses. I will do so. I promise you that. Zolfner, you have a pattern of claiming anything you agree anything you agree with as a cult. The red party isn't. We just have structure and can support each other, unlike the infighting of the blue party. Don't perpetuate fake information like that. I'm very careful about not naming things as cults if I don't know anything about them or if I don't know enough about them. I can call them extremists, though, and I have. For example, I was talking about PETA earlier, People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, the organizational structure. I didn't name that as a cult, but I did say that they're extremists. Very possible that they are a cult. That's a possibility, but I don't know enough about them yet to make that determination. When I call something a cult, it's deliberate and... and the direct result of research and hard thought on the subject. I don't just call anything a cult. Wolf Gamer, my parents are stuck in the Republican cult. My younger sister is too, and I'm not sure about my older brother. My parents were big dump supporters. I was the only one wanting Biden to win. That is fucking difficult. Hopefully you're old enough to the point now where you can start to think about getting out on your own and getting out of that environment because hiding who you are around family members is real bad for your mental health, man. I'm telling you, real bad for your mental health. I know that cannot be easy, but we're all here to support you through it, all of us. Wolf Gamer, one of the teachers at my school was a neo-Nazi. The school was fine with it until he got into legal trouble. Fucking bizarre, dude. Like, what is going on in this country? I don't get it. We have to do something. This is wrong. Zolfner, be accurate, Owen. I am as accurate as I possibly can be at any time. I try my hardest. Jeremiah 10, 2 to 3. Hang on, let me look. Let me look, let me look that up out of curiosity. Let's see. Oh, God, I just clicked the King James Version. Why did I click that? Thus saith the Lord... Learn not... Okay, I can't do it. I can't do the King James Version. It fucking sucks. Let's pick the NIV. It's way better. This is what the Lord says. Do not learn the ways of the nations or be terrified by signs of the heavens. Uh, I'm sorry. Or be terrified by signs in the heavens, though the nations are terrified by them. For the practice of the peoples are worthless. They cut a tree out of the forest and a craftsman shapes it with his chisel. That's kind of nonsensical. Not really sure. Maybe I'm just missing context there. Teresa Ellum. We have the right to a trial. Police should not be executioners. 100% agree with you on that one. Definitely agree. Police are no more than the arm of the state that are responsible for moving one person to a different location. They're supposed to get one person from where they're standing to the courthouse. That's pretty much it. They don't really serve any other function. They're not executioners. They're not judges. They aren't trained philosophers. They're not expected to know morality or anything for the job. They're expected to to get somebody from A to B safely so that they can be put on trial. Simple as that. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the QAnon conspiracy group and how they're dealing with a Trump loss. So give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com.
I'm sure a lot of you guys know what QAnon is, but I wanted to get a little bit of an update on it so that we're all on the same page before actually getting into the article that I wanted to look at. So this article is by the Daily Beast, and it just kind of describes what QAnon is and what they believe and where they came from and stuff. So let's give it a quick read. The deranged QAnon conspiracy theory movement came close to a presidential endorsement this week when Donald Trump praised the group as people that love our country while refusing to disavow their bizarre beliefs, which include a faith that he'll eventually arrest and execute his political opponents. No hope of monetization on this. I don't really care. I feel like this information is important to get out anyways. Trump's remarks were the latest and perhaps most alarming illustration of the gains QAnon adherents have made within the GOP, even as the FBI warns that it's a potential domestic terror movement. But even as more people embrace QAnon and its beliefs are poised to win at least one con congressional seat, which, by the way, they did, they did, much of the public remains unaware exactly what it means to believe in QAnon, why anyone should care about the movement, or what QAnon could mean for American politics. The following is a helpful explanation of the rot taking hold in our political system. This subheading is entitled, What Do QAnon Supporters Believe? Nearly all QAnon believers sign on to one basic view, that the world has long been controlled by a sinister cabal responsible for a wide array of evils, from wars and famines to diseases, including the novel coronavirus pandemic. The cabal is believed to have tentacles in the top echelons of the Democratic Party, Hollywood, banking, and the government deep state. QAnon believers baselessly think that members of this cabal, including Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, and various Hollywood celebrities, torture and abuse children in satanic rituals. To stop this, in QAnon's telling, the military recruited Donald Trump to win the presidency and dethrone the cabal. Now QAnon believers are eagerly awaiting a day called the storm in which they believe Trump will order mass arrests of his political opponents and either ship them off to Guantanamo Bay or order them executed outright. QAnon believers think they themselves will play a small role in this purge by educating average citizens about QAnon ahead of the arrest as part of what they call the Great Awakening. So there's a lot more to this than just that. This is kind of a, a, a top-down overview look at what the belief system is. Um, this all started on 8chan, which is basically like a forum, like a posting type of place that you go like 4chan or kind of like Reddit from my understanding. I've never been to one of the chans before, so I only know what I've read about it. But somebody named Q Clearance Patriot made a post back in, I think, 2016 on 8chan about all this stuff about Hillary Clinton. They were saying Hillary Clinton is in custody and the National Guard is set to invade U.S. cities or some other ridiculous thing. And they said, if you want proof, then go talk to a National Guard that's on active duty and ask what they're doing on this date. Ultimately, it was all completely fucking fabricated, completely made up. Um, this Q Clearance Patriot poster didn't know shit. And they were making all of this shit up, and they've made like a billion false predictions at this point. But they continue posting. Google and YouTube and Twitter and a whole bunch of other groups, uh, uh, social media networks and internet infrastructure has banned them or, or shadow banned them sometimes to slow the spread of this conspiracy theory. 
in some cases, I believe that they're right to do so, depending on what's being spread. Like, you can't yell fire in a crowded theater, for example. You can't incite violence, or you can't incite some dangerous situation that will get people hurt, right? That's exactly what QAnon does. So I'm okay with it in some situations. But even though they're censored, I've been following this for a very long time, and I did find the Q posts. So this website here is uh, just a big group of, of Q posts. This is where Q posts their latest stuff now. Um, leading up to the election, October 31st, 2020, at 6.44 p.m. Eastern Time. Are you ready to finish what we started? Nothing can stop what's coming is not just a catchphrase. 6.46, two minutes later. Are you ready to hold the political elite accountable? 6.49, are you ready to take back control of this country? Um, and then they posted a couple of weird things like YouTube video, which is a link to like the last Mohican soundtrack or something like that. I don't even know, like a soundtrack to a movie. Just pointless stuff. And then on November 3rd, election day, 1.27 a.m., so this is before anybody voted, they said that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom and that government of the people, by the people, for the people shall not perish from the earth. Abraham Lincoln, November 1863. Together we win. Q. After November 3rd, not a word. Of course, they predicted a Donald Trump win, but this is not their first failed prediction. They predicted a landslide victory in the 2018 primaries, too, and fail. I mean, you know, it was a blue wave at the time. They still recovered from that failed prediction. They have made many failed predictions uh, over time. And they keep bouncing back, Q does. They continue to have hundreds of thousands, millions of followers, maybe. So with all that information at our disposal, what I wanted to do was take a look at a new article by the Daily Beast, QAnon Lost and Confused After Trump's Election Showing. It is basically about how QAnon is reacting to Donald Trump losing the election because he is the linchpin in their plans. If he's not going to be arresting his political opponents and all that junk, what was all this for? He has to be the president for this conspiracy to be real. Or he has to fulfill his role by arresting his political opponents, one or the other. Let's give this a read and see what it says. Aside from perhaps Donald Trump himself, no one is struggling more with the president's re-election defeat than QAnon conspiracy theorists. Since October 2017, when the mysterious Q first began issuing clues on the anonymous message board 4chan, I think it was 8chan, not 4chan, QAnon believers have been promised that Trump would bring down a cabal of P-word cannibals in the Democratic Party, Hollywood, and banking, with mass waves of arrest in a cathartic moment called the storm. They had been promised that the storm would solve not only the world's biggest problems, but their own. At various points, they've even convinced each other that Trump would solve diseases like cancer and absolve crushing medical and credit card debts. But as Joe Biden built his lead in Pennsylvania, QAnon followers were faced with their greatest challenge yet. For years, they've been told that no matter how bad things looked for Trump on the outside, the president and the military had everything in hand. Patriots were in control, Q told them 
in one popular motto, enjoy the show. Now it's starting to look to even some of the most dedicated followers, some of whom have sacrificed family in their devotion to the conspiracy theory, that QAnon might actually have been nonsense, and they aren't sure what to do. It's hard to keep the faith when your wife and daughters have left you and we didn't get the decisive Moab win we deserved on election night, complained one QAnon supporter on a QAnon forum on Friday as QAnon believers tried to cheer one another up. No win for me, period. By the way, Moab, I don't know if you guys are aware, Moab stands for mother of all bombs. It's actually a reference to a bomb that was dropped in Afghanistan or Iraq or somewhere recently. It's basically the equivalent of a nuclear bomb, except it's not nuclear. It's traditional, and I don't know, it's just wrong. Anyway, not, not going to get into that right now. Let's keep reading. The 2020 election results have shaken the faith of QAnon believers. Some have taken to despair. Others began promoting new conspiracy theories, such as one that alleged ballot watermarks would save the election for Trump. And we're going to get into the watermark situation in a minute. QAnon believers have faced disappointment before. The entire conspiracy theory launched with the idea that Hillary Clinton would be arrested by the end of October 2017 and shipped to Guantanamo Bay. When that failed to happen, they decided that they'd misread the clues or that Clinton had been arrested and was wearing an ankle bracelet or that she really was imprisoned and the Clinton appearing at book signings and in TV interviews was really a clone. Yes, those are the types of people that we're dealing with right now. That's who we're dealing with. People that believe that celebrities are being replaced by clones. And it's not a small number of people. It's so big that it's caught the attention of the mainstream media and, and the president and the president's inner circle. That's how big this is. It's huge. And Facebook went around banning a bunch of these groups. I mean, right-wing Facebook banned a bunch of these groups. Hundreds of thousands of people were members. Channels bigger than mine. Like, way bigger. Let's keep reading. QAnon has faced election losses before, too. In 2018, Q promised that Republicans would weather the midterms only to be proven wrong, a contradiction that one-time QAnon supporter and newly elected Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene Republican from Georgia has claimed shook her faith in QAnon. A QAnon member is a member of Congress now. But Trump's election defeat promises to undermine the entire project in an unprecedented way, leaving the storm unfulfilled and the cabal intact. The disappointment of a Trump loss also comes at a tumultuous time internally for QAnon. Ron Watkins, an administrator on QAnon Hub 8Con, which I think is the rebranding of 8chan, whose technical access would theoretically let him post his Q, or at least no Q's identity, announced that he was stepping back from the site. Neon Revolt, an anonymous blogger who's amassed a following in the QAnon community, implied this week that the Q account was for sale online for $1 million, an idea that brought into question the Conspiracy Theories Foundations. Holy shit! The Q account is for sale online. Wow, dude. Wow. This brings up another question about, like, the question that Nervardia asked. What happens when Trump goes to jail? What happens when the QAnon account is sold to some rando? What happens? Does QAnon disband? Do they give up? He's their leader. Do Trump supporters just disband and give up once Trump goes to jail? No. That's not what's going to happen. Not going to happen with Trump. Not going to happen with Q. There are faithful, die-hard believers who will 
believe this until the day that they die, period. No matter what information comes out about Jehovah's Witnesses, there will always be some core set of believers in the Jehovah's Witness religion. Even if the governing body came out tomorrow and said, it's all fake, guys, we made it all up, uh, time to go home, pack it up, and forget about it. It wouldn't matter. There's always going to be a core group of basically every cult out there who continues to believe even after the leader gives up. QAnon is here to stay, sadly. If we want to figure out how to mass deprogram people, I think we should look to 1945 Germany after World War II ended. Let's keep reading. Making matters worse, QAnon believers had been left to deal with Trump's dwindling ballots lead without their mastermind since Q stopped posting after Election Day. Even more ominously, a QAnon believer was arrested in Philadelphia on Thursday near the ballot counting site with QAnon merchandise and an AR-15-style rifle. Holy fucking shit, dude. Of course, QAnon believers can always invent new bizarre claims to reaffirm their beliefs, even if only for a little while. In this case, some of them have crafted a hoax about a fictitious ballot watermark. Hang on, let me just make sure everything is going okay in the chat here. I hope so. Oh my god, if I owned QAnon, that would be fucking... That would be... Oh, that would be my life's dream. What would I do with it? What would I do with the QAnon account? Maybe I'll make a whole video on that. How would, what could I say to make them think that I'm Q and get the most people to stop believing it possible at the same time? I should make a video about that. That would be, that's a good idea. Thank you for mentioning that, Hannah M. That's a pretty funny idea. GoFundMe so I can own QAnon. Uh, don't start a GoFundMe for that in all seriousness. I would return all of the money. I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. I don't feel like it would be right to use people's money that way, but um, that would be, that's an interesting thought experiment anyway. Okay, let's keep reading. The origins of the watermark claim center on a viral Facebook post that asserted the Department of Homeland Security had planted secret blockchain watermarks on legitimate ballots. Okay, let me stop here. This really pisses me off. I see the word blockchain fucking everywhere. Do people know what that is? I feel like people don't know what that is. Blockchain is nothing more than a basically like a data storage device. That's it. No different ultimately than like MySQL or like an Excel spreadsheet. It's just more secure. The way it's structured makes it impossible to alter. I guess that's the be probably the best way to say it. Um, that's why Bitcoin works with blockchain. And the, whoever invented Bitcoin, uh, we don't really know, but whoever it was also invented blockchain. Uh, people think it, it was a group of people, but I constantly see the word blockchain being thrown around in nonsensical ways. What does this mean? Have planted blockchain watermarks on legitimate ballots? That's nonsensical. 
That does not make any sense. Anyways, let's continue reading. The post, which went viral on a Stop the Steal Facebook group with more than 300,000 members before Facebook shut it down, posted that DHS created those watermarks as a sting operation to test how many true legitimate ballots emerged after the election. Quote, the Dems fell right into the trap of this sting operation and Trump has it all. The post, which had been screenshotted and copy and pasted into forms across social media, read, there was a tweet by this guy, David French, and uh, in this article. So I wanted to read the tweet and see what it said. If you thought primetime Fox was out of control last night, it's PBS NewsHour compared to what's circulating in Q-adjacent quarters of social media. A friend's very sweet, very Christian mom sent him this. It says, could Trump be playing his Trump card? BQQM election fraud update. If you've been following for a long time and you know the term, watch the waters, you probably understood it to mean the Three Gorges Dam. But it was never referring to that. The watch the water intel refers to the watermark on the official election ballots. The original ballots are also registered on a QFS blockchain to prevent fraud. I don't know what that means. They're misusing the word blockchain there. 12 states were targeted. The National Guard has been deployed to 12 states. Alabama, Arizona, Pennsylvania, Colorado, Texas, Wisconsin, Tennessee, Washington, Virginia, Delaware, Illinois, and Kentucky. And they are now counting the official ballots. But you also need to understand a few things. First, who exactly is Amy Coney Barrett? She just so happens to be one of the lawyers sent down to Florida in the 2000 election to recount votes for George W. Bush's win. Second, who exactly is Brett Kavanaugh? Well, he too was one of the lawyers sent to Florida in the 2000 election to recount votes for George W. Bush's win. It goes on like this. Most or all of this is factually incorrect. And I'm going to get to the watermarks on the ballots in a second. There was a grain of truth to it, but it's completely inaccurate. The paper goes on to say, the Dems fell right into the trap of the sting operation and Trump has it all. Fraud will be exposed for the world to see. And isn't it fancy how the amazing Justice Amy was confirmed right before the election so that she can rightfully take care of the business of election fraud? Oh, and this is only the beginning of the epic times that lie ahead. So are they saying that Ruth Bader Ginsburg's death was all part of the plan? That's disturbing. That's real fucking disturbing. This is the kind of thing you find in the QAnon conspiracy realm. Like, this is insane. Let's keep reading the article by The Beast. The Daily Beast. For watermark believers, Biden ballots in battleground states will be wiped away as fraudulent once DHS and the National Guard step in. After that, the theory goes, top Democrats will, as always, be arrested. So there was another tweet by somebody about the uh, the watermark claim. Let's read the tweet. This is Emerald Robinson. She says, Lots of my followers have been asking me to check into a story that DHS put a watermark on election ballots to verify them. So I checked. Would you like to hear what I found out? My DHS source just got back to me. Says there's no DHS standard watermark on the ballots. The printing of ballots was done by the states because they're state elections, not a federally run system. Each state is responsible for their elections. The printing of the ballots was done by the states. DHS recommended a watermark, but it was not a requirement. States could sign up voluntarily for the Arlo program or not. Bottom line, this watermark thing is twisted out of proportion at best. Complete lies at worst. Let's keep reading. The watermark conspiracy has taken off. Twitter replies to top Republicans like Trump and his sons have filled up with diehard Trump believers asking for confirmation of the alleged sting. The watermark shall rule the libs and bring them down for good and jail for all. One pro-Trump Twitter account 
tweeted at Trump on Friday night. The watermark conspiracy theory has busted out of QAnon's confines. Newsmax White House correspondent Emerald Robinson nodded at the theory on Friday, tweeting that lots of my followers have been asking me to check into a story that DHS put a watermark on election ballots to verify them. It also regularly appears among talk radio show callers, baffling even hard-right hosts. Glenn Beck was forced to address the watermark hoax on his show on Friday, pointing out that one of its tenets that one paper company supplies all the paper ballots in the country obviously isn't true. Quote, I want to believe the watermark thing, Beck said. That doesn't even make sense logically. It doesn't work. And before you spread things, you should think things through. Well said, Glenn Beck. Didn't think I'd say those words in my life, but here we are. This is a bizarre fucking day, a bizarre fucking week, a bizarre fucking year. I don't know where we go from here, but it's got me a little concerned. So that's how QAnon is responding and reacting to Donald Trump's political loss. Some of you may not realize this, but there are different political bubbles on the internet, different political spheres. You find conservatives consuming one type of news and everybody else can consuming other types of news. The conservative sources tend to be on the very extreme side. And I debated opening this on, on stream, but I think we're just going to take a quick glance right now. There's this website called the Donald.win, and this is where the Donald subreddit went after they were banned from Reddit. I just wanted to kind of glance through some of the posts on here out of curiosity, see what they say. Here are some of the top ones. Watch Party. Geotis brings the heat with Mark Levin. I hear you asking, what is Geotis? I will tell you. God Emperor of the U.S. That's what they call Trump. They don't call him POTUS, President of the U.S. They call him God Emperor of the U.S., unironically. This is stickied to the top. Breaking. Trump campaign says Rep. Doug Collins will lead the campaign's recount team in Georgia, where recount will begin as soon as canvassing is concluded. Read latest. This entire website is full of lies and propaganda. You shouldn't trust basically anything you see here. It's entirely lies and propaganda. Democrat Vernon Jones exposes his own party in Georgia for election fraud. This is insane. This is where QAnon goes to get their QAnon fix, this place right here. Kaylee McEnany tweet, Now are we expected to roll over and unite behind Joe Biden without asking questions? Nope. Package just delivered today. $90 in merchandise, $1,200 that Biden wants in his pocket. What does that even mean? Are you saying that you have to pay $1,200 in taxes for every $90 you spend? And do you actually think that that money is going into Joe Biden's pocket like he's going to keep that money? This is fucking bizarre, dude. This is bizarre. The, the headspace these people are in. I, I just, how do you fix this? I don't know. You, we really have to look back to Germany in 1945 to fix this. Seriously. We have to. What else do we do? I don't know. This is really scary shit, man. I like the state of the country is fucking disturbing right now. And we've got conspiracy theorists in the White House and in Congress. I hope things get better, but I fear they're going to get worse before they do. Let's take a quick look at some Super Chats. 
Owen, if YouTube takes this video, then let me know, but I'm mad at you. I can fix it, though. Can you? Okay, interesting. Uh, I'm recording it on my end. I'll just censor it until it doesn't get taken. Zolfner, I've donated enough. You need to debate me or shut up. Talk to someone who loves you, be disagrees with you. I love talking to people who disagree with me. As long as we can have an honest discussion that does not include propaganda, I'm 100% down. Zolfner, Trump is God. That response is disturbing to me. Thank you for the super chat, sir. I appreciate that. Zolfner, he's scared to debate me. To tell you the truth, Zolfner, I don't do debates and with anybody, period. And the reason is because I feel like debates are charisma contests more than anything. You can be correct and lose a debate simultaneously. It's just not my format. I don't like it. Um, I love watching them. Loved watching Bill Nye. Loved what you know, Bill Nye v. Ken Ham. Loved watching Christopher Hitchens. He did a ton of debates, and they were absolutely fascinating, and I benefited from them a lot. But um, debate format just is not me. It's not me. Not my thing. So you'll probably never get the opportunity to debate me. Uh, I'm sorry. Nobody will. I just don't do debates. Zelfner, Owen, please educate yourself. You're wrong. Um, Zelfner, if you're right, back it up with facts, please. I'm not sure which facts or which subjects that I'm wrong about. Zelfner, I'm irrelevant. You have more charisma than me. I do not. I am ve I'm not charismatic. And also, I'm not very quick on my feet in responses and stuff. I'm not very good at, you know, responses to things. Like, I feel like I'm way better at analyzing a situation and taking it in and thinking it through for a couple of minutes and then giving a measured response versus quick-witted, like, snappy comebacks, like, on the spot, in the moment kind of thing. Really bad at that. That's why I, debates just are not for me. I'm just not good at it. When we come back, we're going to talk about Christian prophetess Kat Kerr backpedaling on her claim that Trump would win in a landslide. So give us 30 seconds and we'll be right back. You're listening to the Telltale Channel. Don't forget to check me out on all social media, Patreon, Twitter, Teespring, and Etsy. All links can be found in the description or on my website, telltaleatheist.com. So the next article I want to take a look at is entitled Christian Prophetess, Trump Won by a Landslide, if we redefine a landslide. I've been talking about Kat Kerr a lot lately. She is a nutbag. I don't know how else to put it. She's a nutbag. A nutbag extraordinaire, if you will. So let's give this article a read. It's by Beth Stoneburner and see what it has to say. As the election results become more certain, self-proclaimed prophetess Kat Kerr is one of many charismatic Christians frantically scrambling to make excuses for their prophetic visions that Donald Trump would be re-elected. That is, when she's not explaining football in heaven. Yeah, she's complete nutcase. What's her excuse for being so wrong about a surefire landslide victory for Trump? Turns out we all just misrepresented the meaning of landslide. She put out a video about it, so I figured we'd pull it up and give it a watch. And if you will remember, one of the things he had me say was that Trump would win by a landslide. Okay. Now, in man's mind, in their human mind, they already put together what they think that means. Right. But many times, as we know in the Word, or even just from experience ourselves, especially as a prophet, that doesn't ever mean what man thinks it means. And if you will go and check out and see 
how a landslide starts. It starts with a few stones. Usually the smaller ones start first. And then that causes the land to move beneath the rest of them. And then eventually nothing can stop that landslide from taking place. That is actually what's going to happen. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. So a landslide actually means barely win, not completely blow it out of the water. That's what a landslide means. I, I misunderstood. I thought as a Christian prophetess, it was her job to take what God says and put it in words that we can understand and interpret clearly. I guess her job is to just take the words that God says, whether they're going to be misunderstood or not, and throw them at us. This, this chick is completely outrageous, not just for this. Let's continue. And there are many lies that have been um, done, many lies that have gone forth about things from the left. And uh, I'm not naming names. God will fully expose all of this himself. Is Okay, so when you say fully exposed, do you mean not exposed at all? Just like the landslide thing where you we thought you meant it'll blow it out of the water, but you actually meant barely win? He didn't even barely win. He didn't win at all. Is this one of those things? He's going to fully expose. Does fully expose mean not expose in any way, shape, or form? I feel like I should be questioning her interpretation of what God's trying to tell us. Um, and it will start with a phone call. That was the other thing he kept saying to me this morning. When you begin to feel the ground move, which means the landslide of exposure is about to begin. And then he says it will all start with one phone call. And really? I know how that works. I know actually what that does mean. That those who have been perpetrating the lie, they've been paid to commit lies or stealing or cheating will begin to get very nervous. They're actually already nervous. And let me tell you, conviction is going to come upon some of them. You know the funniest part about this whole thing? Joe Biden doesn't seem nervous at all. He seems like on point. He seems plenty happy about everything that's happening right now. He's just ready to move forward. Donald Trump, on the other hand, has caps lock on autopilot. He is just, like, he has slammed that caps lock key so hard it is stuck that way permanently right now on twitter he is melting down hard in the lower levels that's what he meant about the landslide the smaller rocks move first which pulls the bigger ones down and that's what he meant when he said trump will win by a landslide so there's there you go that's the difference between revelation and what man in their head thinks that means okay so when she says landslide i guess what she's saying is it's going to look like a small victory at first, and then it's going to turn into a big victory. That's my interpretation of it, right? Well, first of all, he didn't win at all. It was a landslide in Joe Biden's favor. And let me justify that. I know that it looked really, really close on election night. That was the result of something called the Red Mirage. It was That was predicted and expected. Bernie Sanders described the red mirage in great detail before the election happened and then it played out exactly as he predicted mail-in votes in many states excluding arizona interestingly enough were counted last and trump spent the entire lead up to the election demonizing mail-in voting so all of his supporters were going to be voting in person basically like almost all of them right 
Well, it turns out about 30% of the mail-in votes went to Trump and 70% to Biden. And it was roughly, give or take, reversed for in-person voting. Trump took about 70% of in-person. Biden took about 30%. And that means since in-person votes are counted first, it looked like Donald Trump was winning, even though he wasn't. Biden didn't flip any states. He didn't flip Michigan. He didn't flip Georgia or Pennsylvania. He had a lead to begin with. It just wasn't reflected in the data because of how we counted the votes. He never flipped any states. He always had those states. The point is, if you believe that Trump won against Hillary in an electoral landslide, then you also necessarily believe that Biden won against Trump in an electoral landslide because they had almost, so far, the exact same electoral victory. Trump's victory against Hillary was around 300 to 306, I think. That's what it looks like Biden's electoral victory is going to be at the end of this, too. 300 to 306, somewhere in there. Aside from that fact, Biden won the popular vote by 4 million votes, give or take. That sounds like a Biden landslide. There is no way to reverse this for Trump, as far as I can tell. Let me tell you Trump's strategy in life. Somebody tells him no, and then he throws himself on the floor and screams and knocks over every shelf until they either begrudgingly say fine or refuse to deal with him ever again for the rest of their lives. That's his negotiation strategy. Scream and knock things over and cry and throw a tantrum until you get what you want. I don't think that that's going to work in this case, but it is risky. He might be able to flip one single state by doing that. He might be able to flip Pennsylvania. That's a possibility if he throws himself on the ground and screams enough, maybe. But he wouldn't just have to take Pennsylvania to win this. It was an electoral landslide for Biden. He would have to take Pennsylvania and at least one or two other states. It looks like Georgia is entering recount territory, but Biden most likely won there too. Trump would have to flip Pennsylvania and Georgia and Nevada or Arizona. Trump has a very slim chance of being able to take things over. Um, we'll see what happens as, as time goes on, but this is an uphill battle for Trump. None of his claims have any level of validity anyways. I have investigated the popular fraud claims going around right now. I've looked into them heavily because if he's right, I want to be right too. If, if Trump is correct that there really was fishy business going on i want to know and i want it solved because i believe in democracy i believe in democracy if trump was democratically elected i want trump as the president i'm just all here for democracy i am all in for democracy but his election fraud claims are bullshit all of the election fraud claims that I've seen, and I, I've gone through as many as I could find, they're all fucking bullshit. All of them. 
let's continue reading this article by Beth Stoneburner. So when she said Trump would win by a landslide, she means Democrats cheated. It doesn't matter if you can't find evidence of voter fraud or if the only evidence of any voter fraud comes from Republicans. That's the story and she's sticking to it. If Democrats were all that powerful, you'd think Hillary Clinton would have won or they would have at least defeated Mitch McConnell and Lindsey Graham this time around. Forget the religiosity for a moment. People of integrity know how to lose gracefully or admit when they were wrong about something. There's a reason a video of George H.W. Bush's concession speech from 1992 has been making the rounds online this week. Not just that one, but John McCain's 2008 concession speech and George W. Bush's congratulations speech to Obama in 2008. Up until this moment, Republicans have lost gracefully. And Democrats have lost gracefully, largely. This behavior by Donald Trump is unprecedented and fucking disturbing. I would, ha I would rather have Mitt Romney, a religious extremist, in office right now than Donald Trump. Literally anybody. Any U.S. leader, just about. I, I can't think of another person in U.S. leadership that I would not rather have than Donald Trump. This is a problem. I don't even care if we control the Senate or the House, if Democrats control the Senate or, or the House. I don't care about that, really. I care about getting Donald Trump out very specifically. That is what I care about. I, I just don't know where to go with this. Like, this is really disturbing shit to me. Let's continue reading the article. What we've seen so far from Trump is further evidence that he was never fit for the role. Whining, posting misinformation on Twitter, in all caps, naturally, and refusing to take responsibility is what an adult tantrum looks like. History shouldn't forget it, no matter how hard his supporters will soon try to pretend it never happened. Well said, Beth Stoneburner. This was a Democrat victory. Electorally, Joe Biden has won the presidency officially, but we have two and a half months basically to sit back and see if this democracy withstands the test of Donald Trump. Is this going to turn into a dictatorship or not? One of the big problems is the fact that Donald Trump controls the judiciary at this point. They aren't just Republican judges, they are Trump loyalists in many cases. He has put Trump loyalists into judgeships, which will now be deciding if he gets to keep the presidency. That should disturb any person who believes in democracy. That is a road to dictatorship. Let's take a quick glance at Super Chats. Anna Watorkowicz, uh, I hope I got that right, caught the live podcast for the first time. Thank you for all you do. I'm binge-watching your channel at work. You're my favorite voice on YouTube. I appreciate that. That's awesome. Thank you so much for coming and giving this a listen. It's pretty awesome. Usually I upload the clips of this later on throughout the week. So anyway, thanks for coming. It's pretty awesome. Zolfner, I love you, Owen, but you're becoming an extremist. Will you look at my tweets and replies, see how people treat me, and not be them? I don't know how 
people treat you. If they treat you poorly, then I do not believe in that. I can't really speak to this. I don't know how other people treat you. And I don't know how you would qualify me as an extremist. It's not real. I'm not really connecting the dots on that. We aren't a democracy. It's a democratic republic. Technically speaking, it is a democracy and it's a democratic republic. Alexa Sick, have you ever talked about Aum Shinrikyo? Would you do a video on that? I have not talked about them. I don't know them, actually. I'd have to look into it a little bit more. I like to be very, very well informed on subjects before I bring them up on, like, my podcast or my channel or anything. Hick Corey. Trump supporters are like that sibling that always loses at board games. That's not fair. You guys cheated. Pretty much. Throws himself on the ground, starts screaming and knocking shelves over until he gets what he wants or until people don't deal with him anymore. That's that's what Trump does. That's where I'm going to end it for the night. I appreciate you guys coming on and giving this a listen, and I will talk to you next week. If you like what I do and you want to make sure I can continue to do it, you can support me in a few ways. First, you can support me on Patreon. That's probably the best way. But if you want to get something back for your support, you can check out my Teespring. I sell all kinds of shirts and stickers and stuff on there. Second, you can support me by checking out my Etsy store. I sell 3D printed stands for every system from the original Nintendo to the Xbox One. And finally, if you want to support me in other ways, you can check me out on my other channels. I have the podcast channel, which is where I talk about whatever's on my mind. Politics, social issues, whatever. You can also find it everywhere podcasts can be found. Or you can check out the videos on my main channel where I focus on destructive cults. As it is with most channels these days, I rely on the support of viewers like you to keep my channel alive, so sharing my work is extremely helpful. Anyways, check me out in all those places if you haven't already. Thanks for listening, guys.